This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, you're on Deep Background. What is today? I always have to look at my watch. 28th, it's 28th of September. Man. Deep Background with the Kansas City Star. I'm Dave Helling of that newspaper, along with Scott Cannon, my colleague at the Star. Scott, great to have you with us. Good to be here. All right. And, and Steve Kraske of KCUR is up to date and the Kansas City Star as well. David, how are you? You're great to be here. Okay, fellas, we've had one debate. And what a and debate, right? And we've had uh, two days to figure out who won, who lost. Kraski, you go first. What did you think? Well, I, I think uh, Hillary Clinton came on top just by uh, a little bit, you know, and I quickly hasten to add that the history of these debates, and we just talked about it over at the Dole Institute of Politics yesterday at a, at a fellowship I'm doing over there, you know, these debates do not swing elections. The history of them suggests very clearly that's not the case. For instance, John Kerry was widely seen as, as besting George W. Bush in their first debate in 2004, and John Kerry did not become President John Kerry. So th- that's the caveat here. So Hillary Clinton came out on top. I think she did a number of things she needed to do at this first debate, including looking presidential and sort of stemming Donald Trump's momentum, I, I think. I think that was one result of this, uh, of this debate. Trump didn't do himself any good. I would hasten to add, I think his mistakes are easily fixable. And I think perhaps, perhaps we might see a different kind of Donald Trump in debate number two. I think you hurt himself with women again, talking over Hillary Clinton as much as he, as he did. That's been widely discussed. So I give the nod to Hillary Clinton. I think that the night was significant because she stemmed his momentum. Yeah. Scott, your view. Well, I guess I largely agree with Steve, which is a little uncomfortable. But um, <laughs> I, I thought that the, the sort of genius, whether it was planned or spontaneous on her part, was that she let Trump be Trump. She let him I sort agree. of – she gave him plenty of rope, and he used it wrapped around point. his neck and, and jumped in, in many ways, mostly in the ways he got worked up of, about anything that attacked him, particularly if it attacked him personally. Um, I also thought that he did lay groundwork for some arguments that will work well for him over time. Principally, you know, he was saying – uh, you know, she would talk about, I've done this, I've done that. I've, I've, you know, he's talking about, when they were talking about her stamina, she says, you know, I've, I've been to 124 countries and done this. I, I, I can hand up. And he's, his response was, and, and how's, what is that, what have we gotten out of that? Basically saying, great job establishment. Now let, let this, let me as a business pro come in and tell you how it's done. You, you may have, you can talk and defend all that's been going on in the establishment world for all these years, but if people aren't happy with that, then maybe you look at, at Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, two, did, do you think he Two he thoughts. Won? Two thoughts. First of all, I think we've spent a lot of time focused on Trump's demeanor, Trump's approach, uh, Trump's uh, mistakes. But let's give her some credit. I mean, she was composed. Mm-hmm. She had her attack lines figured out but did not give it away i mean it wasn't as if you thought it was an attack line she was brilliant on the whole thing about trump's taxes 
I was just astonished at how she said, well, it could be that he doesn't give to charity. It could be he's not as wealthy as we think he is. It could be that he's getting all these loans from weird places, or he could be that he pays no income taxes. It was just that simple. And then he steps in on that, paid no taxes, and said, well, that's smart. Right. That's one of the things that's not had legs. Two two big things I thought that had legs in terms of driving this news cycle moving forward were – that that people are saying, well, you know, why would you brag about not paying taxes or, or what people might perceive as your fair share? When it's obvious, he could just say, yeah, I pay my taxes and be done with it. Yeah. I mean, that didn't even occur to him. And and the other thing was her thing at the end when she brought up Miss Universe, and then he he kept it alive the next day by going after Miss Universe. Yeah, this just right, right, He's which, been accused of calling Miss Piggy and sort of publicly fat shaming. Yeah. Uh, so so my but that so that's my first observation. My second would be this. Steve, you're exactly right. History teaches us that debates are not really that significant. This could be different, and in this way. I think the threshold still for Donald Trump is pretty low. Is he an acceptable president? I agree. That's not where he's at on tax cuts. Can you look at him and see a president of the United States? And I think for a lot of voters, that jury is still out. To the extent that, because they want to be able to vote for him, they don't really like the Democrat in this race. But to the extent that Trump, through his mannerisms, his demeanor, his approach, and the obvious lack of preparation, which I think will worry some voters, I mean, you can't wing it as president of the United States, I think his performance could be, for a lot of voters, not everyone, disqualifying on that sort of rudimentary level. They watched and said, well, this guy can't be president. We can't, you know, look at him. He's not ready, doesn't know what he's talking about, runs out of energy, insults women, doesn't pay his taxes. And if that, if that view sinks in, coupled with, by the way, her good performance, which I don't think added any voters to her total but didn't take any away, may have helped with younger voters, I think it could be definitive. I mean, that's what's, what going in we sort of thought, right? Well, uh, again, if she stems his momentum, she, that's what you're saying. That, that's exactly what she w- would have accomplished here. You know, I, you know we're, we're talking at this point in the campaign, boys, about such a small sliver of the electorate. You know, these undecided voters in this handful of swing states who will wind up deciding this election. And so measuring that has become next to impossible, I think. So we don't really know. Maybe more broadly speaking, in a couple of days, we'll have some uh, new polls out that begin to suggest. Yeah, but don't you think a lot of that about. may be informed, uh, Steve, by, and I, again, I think we have to understand this election in different ways. But don't you think a lot of that will be informed by the press coverage, the yak on cable news, and the whole sort of uh, arc that suggests that he lost badly. I think that informs the polling. I think for the for that sliver of undecideds in important states, th- those voters may be swayed more than normal by the zeitgeist, if you will, of this race. Yeah, I th- and in I th- that case, it's bad for Trump as well. I think that's true. Having said that, you know, you watch Hillary Clinton the other night. Did she energize voters? Did she get people excited about who she is? Is she going to get voters off their backsides and out to a polling place on a cold day in November? And, you know, I still don't know, don't think the answer to that is yes. She, she, she was fine. She was solid. She was, 
you know, impressive in some ways. She was better than we thought she would be. Yeah, though. but it's all limited. It's no, all. No, I under, I don't disagree all, with that. You know, and I'm not trying to uh, be is there an still, apologist for Hillary Clinton. I'm is just there saying, still an avenue for Trump to, to come through here in debates number two and three? I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, but On the metric you're suggesting, which is can more Americans see him as presidential, if he hits some threshold which is a lot lower than Hillary Clinton's, look out. Yeah, well, I don't disagree with that. But do we see anything Monday that suggests somehow on October 9th right. Donald Trump will be a different guy? And if he's too different, people will say, oh, it's all artifice. It's all I mean, artifice, he's a bit yeah. of in a trap, Scott. Right. And, I, you know, I think we saw in that this forum that she seems to have the greater skills because she, she has got command of policy and she and frankly she kept her cool in a way he didn't and so you know based on past performance that's the best it's not the uh, promise of future performance but it's the best way to project it right the other thing you know you also see some sort of schism coming out times has a story today about the chaos of trump's debate preparation People inside the campaign complaining that he didn't couldn't stay focused enough, that there was squabbling within the camp, so he was getting fed contradictory evidence or uh, contradictory advice on, mm. on on what points to hit and how to perform, and that Roger Ailes was involved but distracted because of the leftover stuff he had from Fox News. The very existence that these you know unnamed sources from the Trump campaign are sharing this with the Times could be seen as well, maybe lowering expectations for the next debate but also showing you that the campaign isn't confident in its com- Right, and don't you, does, that matters, doesn't it? Don't you think, at least again with Steve's sliver of voters, that this atmosphere of chaos and, and uh, you know, let's get in a new debate coach and three different campaign managers over six months. I mean, uh, again, I think the bar is very simple for Donald Trump. Could you be president? And if you show lack of preparation – and there's, there are stories about chaos around your campaign, and you run out of gas, and you say things about right. women that you wish you could take back. And by the way, Donald Trump could erase 90% of his problems if he just was willing to apologize or show just a little humility yeah. mm-hmm. about the things that he has it's not, said. It's not in his quiver, though, is no, it? Apparently not, because all he could have diffused the Miss Universe thing like that by saying, look, 20 years ago, I'm sorry, I regret that, I wish I'd handled it better, I was young, and frankly, I'm running for president, I now understand I have to speak to all the people. None of that. And then he doubles down the next day, calls her fat again. Yeah, unbelievable. That is, uh, apart from the merits, one way or the other, that is not presidential. Not presidential. It really feeds the gender gap here, right? And feeds the, but, but it also feeds, even for those on the fence who are looking for that bar, in my view, looking for that Donald Trump, could he be the guy who gets on Air Force One and travels to Europe? Could he be the guy who gives a speech after a terrorist event? Could he be that guy or gal? And I think the debate reinforced for a lot of people he could not be that. But, but, and that's but, a problem for him. Well, I, and the last thing I want to do is, is, is make a case for Trump. But a plur- plurality of Republican voters uh, has suggested very loudly they don't want 
him. They don't want a president who's going to be that guy. They want a different guy. They want someone completely out of the box. If you watch the first that's 30 minutes of that. The, and that's what wins you the primary. Well, but this is a general right, election. That's right. yeah. If you watch the first 30 minutes of that debate the other night, which is the 30 minutes that had obviously the biggest right. audience, Trump did pretty well. It was an he even did. Stephen race, came out of the gate pretty impressively. Trade particularly, ratcheted, she's a little bit all, all over the place. Ratcheted right. it back a little bit, addressed her as Secretary Clinton, sh- showed himself to be something of a gentleman, and I'm giggling as I say that, yes. You know, so, you know, a lot of people but saw that. Maybe, in the debate, he kind of loses it and goes uh, calling her Hillary. And, yeah, and he, he really tanked. As, which is nothing as wrong with calling Hillary other than. He made such a point. He made such a point, you know, and he he didn't have he didn't have the. Well, not only that, that, but he left he left so many things on the table, fellas. He left the tax thing on the on the table. The he speeches, the, the, her know, speeches. How yeah. much he got paid for them? And and in addition to that, failed to bring up you know issues that would she was vulnerable on. You didn't hear immigration at all. You, you didn't, didn't hear, hear Benghazi. Benghazi. You didn't hear the things that are sort of low-hanging fruit And my for his point campaign. is he can fix that very easily in debates number two and de- debate you number three. You could fix that easily, and, and Scott Cannon could fix Not that Scott. easily. But, but Donald Trump, if the Times and other reports are to be believed, has a hard time because for the same reason he has a hard time apologizing. It's not in his quiver. Right to consider, reconsider his approach. Yeah, I think even if he, you're right, Steve, all those things that he could hit on that worked to his advantage, he'll still have to be in the middle of a discussion about policy and show his temperament. And those things are still going to be a challenge for him, mm-hmm. even if he went in with a cheat sheet. Remember, say, Benghazi, remember talk about Clinton right, or Global even practicing, initiative. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's still, you know, to, to suddenly bring yourself up to speed on all the issues mm-hmm. that might come by a president and in between debates. It's, part of that is because part of that is because Donald Trump is a very defensive person. If you watch the entire debate, it, it, most of what he talked about is defending his own record. I didn't mean it. I didn't say that. You didn't look. Right. You know, I, I didn't pay my taxes or I did or whatever. He, he said this explicitly. I'm a counter, counter puncher, which means I respond when people hit me or attack me, as, as he puts it. You know, one other thing about her performance, though, it could also stand to improve, particularly if he catches up a little bit. You know, she surprised us, I think, by succeeded by playing Donald Trump's game in terms of digging the other guy a lot. Right. And she did it pretty well. But She did also, it with more skill than he does. Yeah, though. but there were also times where she did things. That were, so they were talking about ISIS, and and um, he, he says something to the effect, well, you, you look at your, your plan about ISIS on your website, and, and it's stupid. And her response was, well, at least it's not secret. Yeah. Which is just the sort of thing that Trump he, would, he, would, have, he right. would have said. Rather than saying... Well, listen, you know, actually defending the plan, we didn't get a whole lot of you know, substance from these guys. Oh, no, this but, thing. but still, no, she is so scripted. She is so typical. She is, you know, there, there's nothing as you watch her that, that strikes me as genuine and real and natural and all those qualities and characteristics that Americans are just yearning for out there. And that's still... When it, when it gets to this idea of energizing people, which no, is something that's true. such an important thing she's got to do in these debates, give people a reason to get up and go out and vote for her. And there's some of that. And she, she didn't completely tank in that, that, that category. But still, boy, I mean, I think she's the, the, the defining, show me something. Defining characteristics of those as candidates, right? She is canned and controlled, and that's her problem. And he's Trump yes. when he's Trump unplugged, well, that's also, and, and, and you know, her being canned and controlled is also kind of her strength. She knows what it, it, it's reflective of her 
preparation. Him being unplugged is his appeal because he's, it feels authentic, it feels genuine. Whatever, whether you believe him or not, you believe that he believes himself. Right, right. But, 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 but he, th then he goes out and says something crazy. But the last two Democratic presidents who were elected in this country had the ability, whether it was real, whether it was an act, we can debate it some other time, to, to, to show Americans a, a certain passion, a, a certain vision, a certain authenticity. Bill Clinton talking to average voters at the town hall debates in 92 and 96. You know, Barack Obama being Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012. America rejected the one candidate, rejected with quotes around it, Al Gore, who struggled with that, that idea so grandly, and now we're seeing it again with yeah. Hillary Clinton. I, just not to be a one-trick pony, but I, I agree with everything you said. I just think Trump is different from George Bush and Ronald and Reagan. And I think that's fair. I mean, you. people look at Ronald Reagan, can this man be president? Yes. And they said, yes, yes, we can see him as president. And you're so right. George W. Bush. Could this man, you know, we know he's not as smart as Al Gore. We don't really want a smarty pants, but we want a guy that has a minimum level of, of confidence. And he probably a little bit more of the authenticity that Steve's talking about than Gordon. Yes, right? yes. Oh, Bush, oh, without question. You know, the old, who would you have a beer with? Would you have a beer with Donald Trump? I'm not sure. Not the no. way you would with George no. W. Bush. Or, or Ronald Wouldn't Reagan. Wouldn't have him with Hillary way. either, David. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe to see what's really. Maybe out of curiosity to see if she's really a human uh, being outside that facade. I think we that's get all true, and and you know, and maybe in the next debate, which is a town hall format, she'll have some opportunity to do that, and maybe she'll fail. I mean, she was mediocre at best in the in the Matt Lauer forum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she is, if not rehearsed, certainly so uh, enmeshed in government ease that she has a hard time breaking out of it yes. in a human way. It just, she thinks we're all wonks, and the reality is, is we are not, which is why any other Republican candidate might be well ahead at this point. Mm -hmm. But again, it just seems to me Amen. like Donald Trump has such a hard time he, uh, hitting that medium threshold. One final question, and then I want to talk a little bit about the two statewide races in Missouri. Um, what do we expect from the next debate? It is a town hall format. Um, you know, she arguably would be better at that and sort of walking around and she's rehearsed that and done that before can trump pull that off does that is that a a, a higher uh, you know sort of uh, challenge uh, for his candidacy? i don't know if it's higher i think it, it feels like it's just different i, I would expect it to be a, a, a debate that's similar to the first one but maybe she doesn't outflank him quite as dramatically um but it'll still be can he can sort of control his prickliness when he becomes under attack. And he can he find out a way, which he didn't have in the first debate, to bring up her weak spots mm -hmm. and not wait for the moderator and not really wait for the audience to bring it up. I mean, there were some complaints today. Well, uh, uh, Lester Holt didn't ask about Benghazi. Well, <laughs> kind of your job is the candidate to bring it up. Mm -hmm. You can't lean on the moderator, which shows his inexperience, I think, in that in debate settings, but can he do better in a town hall? You know, Maybe I don't, he can. I don't think, I don't expect much from either one of them because the town hall format requires them. There's an expectation that they will have to sort of be able to talk to real people and connect with real people because real people will be asking some of these questions. You know, Hillary Clinton, it seems to me, does better when you have a moderator who's a journalist asking more pointed questions about policy but can she reverse course and talk to real people in this town hall style? 
I don't know. I, I think she can, but how well, I don't know. Do you, Donald Trump, I, I think it's going to be a stretch for him, think David. Bill Clinton comes up? Bill Clinton's problems well, come, comes up? Donald Trump so, has clearly signaled he's going there. Monica Lewinsky, look out. Here wise we go. or not wise for Trump? In a town hall kind of format? Any I, format. Do you no. think that's an issue he should bring up now? Scott? Well, on merits, to. I don't know. I, I, I guess not on, on as a strategic as a, thing. Right, as a tactical right. thing. It's a, it's a, I think it's a risk because it, it sort of goes to – it might paint her as the victim again. It might feel a little sexist in a particular way again. Plus his own history is a little more checkered in that regard than – Right, right. So, so, I mean, the obvious retort from her surrogate, she would never say, but you've been married three times. I mean, her her approach would be, you know, you know, I've been wounded, or this is too personal. But I think that you know, just get back to the format again. So if he gets a difficult question from, say, a woman on a woman's issue, is he, you know, is he going to have the sort of footwork to handle that without, you know, now <laughs> it's not the cons, it's not Miss yes. Universe, it's the the, the woman who stood up and asked him something about abortion at the town hall, and he comes back and attacks mm-hmm. her some some way, particularly if he follows up later and says, well, that woman was... Aren't we it. saying know. that he is not, and maybe this is to his credit, as Steve suggests, but aren't we saying he is not an instinctual po- politician? He, he doesn't have the instincts particularly at that level. I mean, we've all covered debates. He's a brawler, David. Right, and he doesn't have, right, and he knows how to stand toe-to-toe, but if anything more sophisticated than that comes up, he struggles with that. Right, last point. So, you know, you talk about him him not bringing up Benghazi, the Clinton Foundation, that sort of thing. An ordinary candidate, a a two-school, the kind of candidate like Hillary Clinton that we're a little weary of, takes whatever question... Right, and sort of it. glances off it and turns around the thing mm-hmm. they want to talk to. He takes a question, particularly if it, he feels like he's under attack, and goes after it and goes after it and goes after it. He went on, when he was doing the, I didn't uh, I didn't support the Iraq oh, war beforehand, right. he went on and on, and it, you're just thinking, thou doth protest too much. Right. And whereas he could have just barely said, well, I, I taken some position, and then turned it back on her. Right, he or, he was, or say he's simply, glad to talk about himself. Or simply, we've argued about this, but by the way, Hillary Clinton voted for the Iraq War too. So, mm-hmm. and and she was wrong, and that shows you her bad judgment. And and then boom, you've turned what. Instead, he relitigates that whole thing. And and by the way, right here's the reasonable it, response. I wasn't in a position of power. I right. wasn't a public figure, so I, I didn't have I didn't any have influence on what had happened. So whatever I, position I took doesn't matter. A, a, one uh, percent as much as what. And, and by the way, Clinton we can't did. walk away from this discussion without some comment about his just his syntax. I mean, if you go look <laughs> at the transcript, the cyber. Yeah, it, 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 he wanders. You know, it, it, the, the subjects and verbs don't always agree, and he speaks in bursts, and it's almost a free association. Which you know, if you look at any trans, if you look at the transcript of today's podcast, right. by the way, you will see that we don't always speak as logically hey, 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 as you don't expect, speak about except me. for Kraski, who's in radio, I guess. But, but by and large, there is an understanding of how you mm-hmm. s- spool out an argument in a debate setting. None of that for Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. the, on that very limited basis, it seemed like he struggled to me. Okay, let's. Let's move quickly to the state races in Missouri because on Friday of this week, the 30th, I'll be down in Branson for what will be 
two and maybe the only debates in both the governor's race and the Senate race. You'll be able to get some soft food while you're yes, down there, Yes, and, and I'll get to gnaw on something and, and maybe go see the bald numbers when we're done. It's in Branson. But um, so let's take a measure of the race. Let's start with the Senate race. Scott, you've been working on a story about Jason Kander, and we're, we're working on something about Roy Blunt as well. Here we are five weeks, six, five and a half weeks away. Uh, what do we think the state of that race is? We still think it's two to three for Blunt, don't we, more or less? Any sense of momentum one way or the other? Well, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's hard to measure momentum in a race that's not polled all that right. closely where the, the candidates aren't showing up on TV on a regular basis. It looks like it might be in play. The, you know, the, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, their independent expenditure last week or the week before, you know, pledged $3.5 right. million more right. bucks. They're shifting money from some other races. AFP is putting in some Looks like it ranks some, about yeah. third on the list of contested races. So... Um, there's one poll that shows Candor up, but the consensus is that, uh, consensus poll. of polls is that he's probably down four, five, six, seven points. Maybe we don't really know, but it feels like it's in play. Candor got a lot of buzz. He did this commercial where he he's made a good deal of his military experience, and so he um, blindfolded, assembles an AR-15, and while making an argument for background checks, which. Um, got got a lot of buzz, probably yeah. raised him a lot of money, it, it, you know, sparked response ads from both the Blunt campaign and the NRA. So there's that, um, you know, but Blunt is, you know, better known, got more money, and, and it's a re- Republican state. Right, right. Yeah. And, and he has made no, as we've said all along, made no obvious errors. He's not in Pat Roberts' territory, you know, doesn't come back or something like that. He seems like he's in pretty good shape. Well, Steve, how's your, what's your pretty saying? Pretty good shape is, I think, going too far. I, I, I agree with Scott. I, I think, or in what you said initially, David, I think it's still a, a slight lean for Blunt. We, that's, that's where the race right. is. That's where, right. where it feels. I think the wild card here, if there is a wild card, and I'm reaching here a little bit, that ad that Candor threw up that you just described, Scott, is clearly the ad of the fall election campaign cycle in Kansas or Missouri. And we've well, been hearing about it from people around the country. Yes, it got the most attention easily of anything we've seen so far. Very reminiscent of what Eric Greitens was able to do in the primary. Those out-of-the-box ads enabled him to win a, a crowded primary against a pretty good field. Now we're seeing Candor sort of come out of the box himself. But can he replicate that ad two or three more times throughout the month of October? I doubt it. I think he needs to. He needs to keep churning, you know, spinning the dial on inventive ads to, to find a way to get past Blunt to make up those two or three points. Unless he can do that, I'm not sure he's going to get there. I think the wild card is Trump. I think the wild card is what Donald Trump does in Missouri. If, if Trump wins by eight or nine points like Mitt Romney, then I think Blunt is fine. But he's going to, right? Do we think that? I mean, it, what if it's a two-point race in Missouri I don't think between it's a Trump? No race, polling to suggest it's going to be. A well, two there point was race. earlier. There was three not months now. ago. Recently. Maybe not now. And, and and if you guys are right, and I happen to think you are, then I think Blunt is going to be in good shape. He's two or three points. But if if there's a, and I think the national Republicans feel this way, uh, if there's a meltdown of Trump. Uh, then it, you might feel it first in states like Missouri uh, in good Senate point. races. That's fair. Uh, the other thing you might yeah. get is that 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 Candor is well, you know, been in politics for a good while now. He does appear a little bit more the outsider, and Trump looks like right. or, excuse me, Blunt looks like Washington from one perspective. Now, whether you've got a, 
a Trump voter who also votes for candor, that's a little hard to right. picture that right. human right. being. I mean, to, to Roy Blunt's credit, that name Blunt, he has made that brand, that last name, pretty dang solid in Missouri. That's a strong name, and uh, he's done very well by it for a long time yeah. now. The, the other wild card may be the governor's race and what, what that turns out to be and whether Chris Coster gets – you know, gets a, gives, in essence, Jason Kander a bit of a bump, one or two points. But the, but the governor's race to me seems quite weird. It's, it's you know, the whole it's argument easy. has been my opponent is a crook. You know, the whole uh, mission continues. Eric Greitens took a salary. And then the, the argument from, from uh, uh, Greitens the other way to Coster mm-hmm. is that he spent $3 million on his office and he took all these contributions from – from uh, lobbyists and special interests with business before the state. I don't have a feel for that race at all, Steve. You know, do you? I mean, you, it's it, a very unusual race. You're so right, David. It has not evolved at all. You know, it is the same race it was on day one. These two guys hitting each other. No issues in this race. Uh, and I think ultimately that that's to the detriment of Greitens, who needs to, is a political newcomer, needs to show Missouri that hey, he, you know. He's a multifaceted person who knows these issues, and you're going to entrust him with the most important job in the state of Missouri. I've not seen that campaign from him, and the onus is more on him, it seems to me, than it is on Coster, a veteran politician in Missouri, to, to, to carry that task out. And if it doesn't happen, Chris Coster is going to win by a few points. Well, let me ask you, do you think the, the, the perception of the, the Missouri General Assembly plays into this? I mean, it's it's seen as an ethical sewer there, right? And it's fully dominated by Republicans. Not that they're any right. have any bigger ethical issues than the Democrats, but that given that Greitens is new and sort of unknown and untested, Coster's a former Republican. He's very moderate by Democratic standards, right? And that that folks might say, well, you know, they don't care for the legislature, so let's put you know a, a Democrat in just as a control. You. Maybe. See well, people I don't know. That, in that, that kind of you know what that sounds bit. like actually a fairly logical approach, but I don't f- sense that. I don't feel that there's yeah. sort of a. But don't you hear from check. the consultant class that they sort of think that DeCoster will edge this one yeah, out? Yeah, I think that right, and the polls say that. And I, but I think it's more uh, a function of his well-known name. He's been in mm-hmm. politics for many years. He's the sitting attorney general. Has won statewide. Um, and he has a lot of labor support, which still means something statewide in Missouri, mm-hmm. particularly on right to work. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a ton of money come in for Eric Greitens. Now, maybe it's a little bit early. Maybe, you know, the TV money won't right. really spill in until October because we've been told all along this will be a highly competitive governor's race. And we don't get a sense of that. But that sort of leads me into my next observation. And I think this is true in the blunt candidate race as well. It seems as if these candidates are more engaged in rural areas than they are in Kansas City and St. Louis. Do you, hmm. Is that part of what's going on that we don't have a good feel for it because it just doesn't seem like – I mean, there have been no debates, won't be until this Friday. I guess there are some ads, but they don't seem constant, you know, a, a constant barrage that we're used to. Is that why maybe we don't have quite the feel for what's going on? Or is it just too early? It may be too early. I mean, we're six weeks out. 
people make up their minds later. You know, t to me, David, more so than any cycle I've been associated with for a long time, the, president, the presidential race, and particularly Donald Trump, simply blocking yeah. the sun when it comes to our ability and the voters' ability to pay attention to these other very two significant races, the U.S. Senate race in Missouri, which could determine control of the Senate out in Washington, and obviously the governor's race here as well. And uh, to me, it begins and ends with Donald Trump, and no one's paying attention. I would also throw in, by the way, the Kansas 3rd District is accelerating. There are ads from both yeah. the Democrat and the Republican incumbent Kevin Yoder that are up now, Jay Seide, the Democrat. So there are other races going on, but it just doesn't seem as if it's engaged. Now, maybe this debate... This forum down in Branson on Friday will change good, that. Good. I heard Dove Helling's going to be there. So I'm going to be there. So, attention. well, I think a lot of people will be waiting until it's over for me to render my judgment. Yeah. And once I've done that, then I think the conventional wisdom will be clear to us all. There you go. And you have just listened to about an hour of a conventional wisdom from the three of us, or half an hour, however long it went. Uh, on Deep Background. But we're glad that you could join us, and thank you as always for doing so. My colleague Scott Cannon with the Kansas City Star and, Thanks, uh, David. and Scott Can or, uh, Steve Kraske. <laughs> you guys need different uh, uh, first, names. first and last names. Yeah. I guess. Steve Kraske with KCUR is up to date in the Star. Thanks for joining us. You've been on Deep Background, which is the Star's political podcast. We thank you as always for listening and uh, sending us your comments and telling your friends. And I think we're posting on iTunes, but also on SoundCloud now. If you have an Android device and want to download cool. it and listen to it on SoundCloud, uh, feel free to do that. And we'll be back next week with uh, a look, I think, at the vice presidential debate, which is next Tuesday. We'll have more from what happens in Branson and the statewide races. And then, of course, a look ahead at the Donald Trump uh, 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 Hillary Clinton debate that comes the following Sunday. So again, thanks for being with us. You have been on Deep Background.